everybody welcome back to another episode of big apple hockey at our usual time about six o'clock and it's we, we already got a lot of stuff to happen because Uh, Mark, you lost audio. You're muted. Well, you're not muted. You're just... You, you lost audio. You. We've been having some issues with Mark's audio. Um, so, basically, we uh, we might be <laughs> changing around the time slot on the show. Um, there will be more to come about that. Mark is muted as we speak. Um, but, yeah, there might be some changes coming with the, uh, with the show time. Um uh, We'll keep you all posted on that. Uh, but content's going to stay the same. Still going to have the three of us on. Uh, there might be some additional shows as well. Um, Mark? Nope. Still no. <laughs> still no. And, yeah, th thanks, Matt. Mark, Mark said the same thing when I when I jumped on. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. We'll try to – we're going to get Mark back in a moment and – He'll, he'll be back in, but some, something's been going on with the audio, and I don't, I don't think it's even on his end. I think it may even be a StreamYard thing, so we'll see. But he's back in. Nope. No. Still nothing. Um, yeah, but uh, well, he tries to sort this out. Um, you're, you're talking, you know, preseason games or what? It's, I think, the 26th, I think the Islanders' first pre – actually, it's against the Rangers, I think. September September twenty sixth, I think they play. Uh, yeah, I, I so think yeah, they're, they're we're getting we're getting close to it. So I'm excited. Training camps open. Rookie camps are open. Uh, season's almost upon us. Yeah, it it, it looks like um, I think the first yeah first no, Ranger. Please. Ranger preseason, yeah. Rangers and Islanders open against each other at the Garden on the twenty sixth. I don't see the. Oh, Rangers. He's saying the Rangers play earlier than that, though. He said the Rangers twenty fourth first Boston. Oh, twenty first Boston. Boston. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So the Islanders first one will be the the Garden, but yeah, the Rangers are looks like a five p.m. Sunday game against Boston in Boston. Yeah. So just for the record, uh, StreamYard completely muted me and took away the volume on my microphone. So I guess they don't want to hear what I'm saying. So I hope you guys do. Or maybe uh, <laughs> maybe Lou maybe Lou doesn't want um maybe Lou doesn't want. To, we have uh, said a lot of things nice about Lou that that the vendetta should be taken off of us. And yeah, and of course, hey, how about that? Nice job, Scotty. Thank you. <laughs> all right well also let's do our introductions real quick i am the one that's okay i if you saw my instagram for big apple hockey i they somebody hacked my account and put a picture of me from hernia surgery in 2017 i am doing fine we're going to quickly introduce anthony who will only be here for a short time today yeah um like i said when you were muted mark uh you know, training camp's a week away. Hockey's hockey's almost back, and it's exciting. And while we're at it, uh, who plays an NHL game first, Shane Pinto or Mark Williams? It's going to be me um, because I actually think that might be the case. My, my season starts up. And the final buzzer with John Filkowski will be coming back next month with the host. And Mark just lost audio again. Um. 
it's not going to be me. So I'll drop an NSYNC reference. Um, but we're also going to, since we're in the business of, you know, dropping musical references, Mark is, uh, yeah, Mark is definitely not going to be the, uh, the NSYNC guy here when it comes to playing, uh, a game before Shane Pinto somehow Shane Pinto will be re-signed by Ottawa and he will, uh, he'll come back. So, yeah. Well, well, Phil, just to ask this question, how? Uh, I'd rather ask this question. Why is Mark using AOL? That, that is not the reason right now. StreamYard is messing with me. Something bad. I just went to automatically adjust volume, which it was already doing. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. With uh, that. Oh, what question are you saying how to? How how Pinto plays a game is what you're saying. How does Pinto play a game? I mean, they have to. They you assume they have to move Matthew Joseph, I guess. But as we were talking about yesterday, teams teams are going to know that Otto is moving him so they can re-sign Pinto, and he makes over two million as it is. So teams are going to hold them over the barrel if they want them to take Matthew Joseph. Um, and also remember, too, as I said yesterday, Mark, on our Twitter space, is 24 teams in the league have less than $2 million of cap space. So how can those teams fit Matthew Joseph in at 2.35? It's going to be an interesting situation how Ottawa resolves this. Yeah, Ottawa may have to retain in order to, to get that to work. But, yeah, don't remind me about the Giants offensive line right now. Oh, it could be worse. could be Aaron Rodgers' Achilles tendon. <laughs> yeah, at least none of us are Jets fans, I guess. Yeah. And Mark lost audio yet again. Streamyard people. Streamyard is now giving us a basically a like a like a red flag that it's flying out there to tell others not to use it because the audio is apparently giving one of our co-hosts issues. I, 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 I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. I'm like the biggest StreamYard guy right now. <laughs> so I'm going to be leaving my audio thing up most of the night to constantly keep checking on it. And uh, so let's start it all off, guys. So the a, we're going to go to the A block. As Trevor Zegras isn't signed. That's another one. We're going to go to the A block, powered by SeatGeek. Use the promo code BIGAPPLEHOCKEY. All right, sorry for the quick cameo, but I got to head out to pick, up, to pick up Ella. Just wanted to say hello. Two minutes. Have a good show today, guys. Do your thing. And uh, Mark, get it together with the audio, man. All right? <laughs> Figure it out. Get it together. Figure it out. I'll see you later. All right. Take it easy, Ant. Let's go Buffalo. Uh, no, actually, I do a manually, core. That's the way that I usually do it uh, to answer that one. All right. And, yes, we're going to be making sure watch our streams every single week. And, of course, Big Apple Hockey T-shirts are available right now. Go on to uh, our eBay store. It's in the link. You also have the hats that the lovely Mr. John Falkowski is wearing. And... Uh, John will let me know when my mic goes out, but we're, we got questions that are just killing us because preseason is going to be starting. And these are some of the questions that John will be giving us that they begin the 24th versus the Bruins. Filk, what are some of 
your five questions going in, starting from number five. Ooh, so you want me to start backwards. Great. Yes. Um, was not ready for backwards. Okay. It's okay. They're on the charts. I, and I know, but I'm pulling up the questions because was not ready for that. But okay, so my fifth question, because I, I just ranked them in the order that they came to me, was one, how does, or number five, how does Jonathan Quick work? Um, again, you, you bring in a backup, an experienced one, but one that's been maligned these last couple of years and did not really have a great year last year in LA. He looked better in Vegas with a better team in front of him, but uh, his numbers have just not been good over the last few years, and he's clearly on a decline. Um, him and Yaroslav Halak are around the same age, and I, I think that uh, Jonathan Quick has to come in and have a real good start. And I would say that that has to be that has to begin in the preseason. So this is a question that has to be answered. Jonathan Quick looks good. I, I think this team is in a much better position because Yaroslav Halak's early struggles really hurt the team in the standings. It really did. Um, I know that a lot of people don't say that when it comes to the review of last year, but you win some of those games that were definitely winnable games against some bad teams, and you you get more points in the lineup, and you're you're going into New Jersey with home ice advantage or maybe you're even winning the division from Carolina. So, um, and then the fourth question I had was the four blind spots, Belzeal, Pitlick, which one of them make, because this fourth line has not been good for a while now. And I, I think that you need to make sure that one of these guys is a regular and you need to have that lineup solidified. I don't know if it's going to be Belzeal, who had a sneaky good offensive season with Montreal. He was like a point every other game for them with limited time. He's got some scoring talent. You know, Pitlick, tried and tested, bottom six guy. Uh, I mean, he's playing for a contract. I, I think that if Pitlick makes it, it, it helps beef up the bottom six a little bit. He's a physical guy. Um, doesn't really kill penalties a whole lot, but... You know, he's a useful bottom six player and he could put up 10 goals, 20 points on a fourth line. So maybe, maybe Pitlick makes it. Who knows? We'll see though. Um, I saw this in the chat. Number three is Othman's progression. So I saw this comment in the chat from Matt. Love seeing Othman put up 10 pounds of muscle. Think he has a real shot of cracking the lineup. Uh, Again, it would be great to have him in the lineup. I don't know if that's going to happen, but if Offman makes the team, you know, that could be a shot in the arm. This team needs depth scoring. They've needed it for a while. They need a right winger. Offman is usually is naturally a left, but says he can play right. We'll see what happens with Offman. I, I would love to see him make the team. I don't want them to rush him, but if he blows the doors off the team in training camp, then likely he'll have a spot. So let's see what happens with Brennan Othman. The second question that I had was, how does Blake Wheeler look? So 
does Blake Wheeler come in and have a fantastic preseason? Does he look good? Do his legs look fresh? Does he look like he has vigor, renewed purpose, a new life to him? Blake Wheeler has to have that type of zest because he's got to come in and he's got to produce for this team, not only for the team to be successful, but for his next contract because he's probably not here after this season. So he's playing for another contract to get signed by a team, whether it's going to be another one-year deal, another two-year deal. I mean, he needs to have a big year this year for the Rangers, and the Rangers need it just as badly. And then the most important question for me was how do Lafreniere and Kako look? And we've been talking about this for a while. These guys need to come in and they need to dominate in the preseason. And if they're not going to dominate, they need to be, they need to be guys that are going to be very noticeable, at least every night out there. They, they need to come in and they need to take a look at all of that. And they need to, they need to come in and they need to be in better condition. The skating needs to improve. The shooting needs to improve. I, I, I not only that, but you need consistency and effort. And no, I, I didn't put anything about adjusting to Laviolette because that's an obvious question. And that's something that that's just, it, it's going to have to be answered. So I'll go further into that in a second. Yeah. I, 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 th- I think that's a fairly obvious statement, but um, I mean, and that that's something that actually just has to come with the territory. So why am I going to highlight something that we know needs to be addressed, needs to be answered and will be answered in due time. Mm-hmm as opposed to other issues that kind of are, I, I, I'm not going to listen. I'm not saying the adjustment is not integral. Look at Ling Lambert last year with the Islanders, but it's something that's there and it it's unavoidable. I should say. So like going with what you're saying right there, Lane Lambert got the Islanders to start pretty well. And then they kind of regressed and he had to adjust back to get him there. The reason why we're, I wouldn't put the, the Laviolette answer on there is because it, it, think of 2014, 2013, 2014. Elaine Vigneault comes in. And the comparison that I made with him at the time on all things Rangers all the time was he was a square peg in a round hole. He was Don Nelson as the coach of the Knicks. And if you remember that period, that he was basically yeah. the coach for three months. It didn't, he was just the wrong guy for the job. They fired him. They went with Van Gundy. And then that's all she wrote. Uh, I thought that was going to be the similar situation with Elaine Vigneault. By the time January came around, they were a well-oiled machine after struggling through pretty much till Christmas. And that's why it's going to take time for the Laviolette buy-in. And let me give you another example and another coach that teams had to kind of figure it out with Paul Maurice, Paul Maurice last year, everybody talked about him, Phil. Oh, it's playoff hockey in the regular season. Well, first off, that's tough to play. Uh, You you can't play playoff hockey, 82 games. It's virtually impossible, but then you make it to the playoffs. You make adjustments. This is what you've prepared, preparing for all the time. I said, going into that, Bruins were going to get all their, like, completely have their hands full. Uh, I forgot the other metaphor that I used as I started that sentence. (laughs) Um, And then they ended up upsetting the Bruins and going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So 
the buy-in from Laviolette, that's going to take more time than just the preseason. Yeah, it, it, that's that's a process that's unavoidable that's over time. Um, there's a, a couple of things that I'll highlight. I'll highlight this comment first. It, Panarin will have to buy in. And it, it, Panarin, if he becomes a malcontent, then yeah, that's a big problem. But that's also an indictment on Panarin himself at that point. So I don't I don't think it's an indictment on Laviolette. Laviolette asks or demands of his players, you know, to to give that extra effort. So if Artemi Panarin doesn't want to do that and he doesn't want to play like the way he played a couple of years back, then that's on him. That's not on Laviolette. Now, a uh, question on that one, Phil. Um, has, Panarin's never really had the case of being a malcontent. No, he hasn't. And I don't think he will. So I, I think that's just kind of like, I don't want to say the sky is falling, but I mean. And I, the follow-up to that is, think of the 2009 Yankees. Alex Rodriguez was a bum the entire time. Has one great postseason. Nobody talks about him being a bum. Uh, I wouldn't say he was a bum. He was a two-time MVP. I mean in the postseason. Oh, in the postseason. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, that's another story. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I and that and then uh, another comment that I wanted to look at was this one here with respect to you know Lane Lambert. We questioned the Islanders' identity. Uh, no, I don't think any team can really afford that though. Like, I, I, and, I feel like and not in this division. General, a, a fairly a, a statement that generally applies to a lot of teams, if you will. Well, Phil, let me ask you this now. Would you look at a team like, say, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the New Jersey Devils, the even the Carolina Hurricanes, if they started out poorly, then you'd wonder if the coach, a longtime coach, either needs to be changed, lost the room, or made the adjustment. If the Rangers start poorly, I think you can see them kind of going, all right, well, they're going to adjust with LaViolette. And I, I think that's going to happen. I think he's got... It's going to take a little bit of time, I think. Yeah, and 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 then it will. It, it, again, it, it's a system we saw that with Gallant. And, I mean, even with his lack of system, they went from – I don't even know what to call what Quinn was doing to no. Gallant, and there was still an adjustment for that. Now you're going to have an actual coach that knows what he's doing, that knows his ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to X's and O's. They're going to have to adjust. And you know what? Maybe maybe it affects Artemi Panarin's offensive numbers. But if this team plays a better all-around overall game, a better 200-foot game, then are we going to complain when they go further in the postseason because of it? I mean, that's ultimately the goal. The offensive numbers look great. Yeah, that's that's great. Artemi Panarin scoring 90 points a year. He's the best free agent acquisition the Rangers have ever had. Okay, fine. But what do they have to show for this team in the postseason? an Eastern Conference Finals run that ended up being great after the first two games and then fell to complete, complete crap the last four, and then they got shithoused by a team that they should have beaten. Yeah, I'll say even, by the way, 10 periods of the yeah. Eastern Conference Finals that because they looked good through the first two periods and were leading to nothing, and then once adversity got to them, they, they, they couldn't push back. And, I mean, game five was at least a good game. That was still there. Uh, but, Phil, you said it best, and you've said it through 
from pretty much day one of us doing all these these broadcasts, great players have to play a little bit more defensively to uh, to end up getting postseason success. We've seen it with Steve Eiserman. We've seen it with Mike Madonna. Now it's time for Laviolette to get it out of Artemi Panarin. And the funny thing is, Phil, he's done it with guys like Artemi Panarin and gotten them to explode like Claude Giroux. Yeah, well, Laviolette has a way of tapping into players. Um, I, I know that people will say that he's not as regarded as much of a player's coach as someone like Gallant, but I don't think Gallant is really a player's coach. I think he's just somebody that just completely keeps his hands off of a team and he's there to really handle press conferences and so on and all that other stuff that a coach has to tend to. I, I, I think Laviolette is a bit of a player's coach in the aspect that he works with his players and he, he demands the effort and the consistency and the hard work that it takes to win. And I, I think that'll rub off on the players. And I think they will start to play that type of game. I, I think that the adjustment from not being as high octane of a four checking team might take a little bit of time, but I think in the end they will learn from that and they will be better than they were in previous years. I think the five on five numbers will improve. I, I think that will help someone like Artemi Panarin out. I mean, again, everybody has to buy in, but I, I again, I, I think that there will be, there will be a change in play. And do I really see him benching the star because they only play offense? I don't, I don't think, you know, Peter Laviolette that well, if that's what you think, I'm just going to leave it at that. Now going into all these and we'll go one by one. We'll have a little bit of conversation with these. How does quick look? We did talk about this in one of the bar talks over the summer that quick. The one thing we all Think in the bag, just thinking, is that Benoit Lair is going to be able to salvage him and make him into a solid backup. Your thoughts on that, Phil? Yeah, it, it, it's a matter of, you know, having a new set of eyes. Like, right, so they always say two heads are better than one, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're going to have a, a, the best goalie mind in my book and in many, mind, in many people's book is going to come in and is going to work with this guy and he's going to pick out certain flaws that he probably has been playing with for years and never knew that he had. The big thing is load management for quick. It's load management Great. At, at, at that age. I, I Alaire will correct everything that he sees. He will be able to do it quick as a, a more than talented enough and smart enough goalie to be able to see these things and make the necessary adjustments, even at his age. You can teach an old dog new tricks. Marty Biron is an example of that. Benoit Lair salvaged his career, and I bet you if we brought him back on, he would say that ben, Benoit Lair did the world for him. Oh, so, look at the guy that preceded him, Steve Valaket. Steve Valaket, another one. And Steve Valaket, I mean, he almost didn't have an NHL career. And then what happens? And while Lair comes, and while Lair comes him into a serviceable backup, 
Or how about how Can't about a uh, yeah? I, I was about to say I was going to weed you into him. How about a goalie that was the um, uh, Quebec native who was a a uh, a, a, a college, college goalie? Yeah, for University of Alabama Birmingham. Yeah, it, it, a really small college school. He turned him into something. Alexander Georgiev, another undrafted goaltender. Auntie Ranta. Auntie Ranta, another one who, who just – who really didn't – I mean, he looked okay in Chicago and then was floundering a bit. And then Benoit Lair turned him around. Yes, father time still kept, caught up to Biron. Father time catches up to everybody, even Yaramir Yager. So, but – I can't believe the rumors that it's just a side note. I can't believe rumors that he might come back to the NHL again. If you're that GM and you sign him, you're an idiot. Yeah. And I love Yarmir Yager. That's not, that's not happening. It's, that's not happening. He, he, All right. So, but again, I've always said this, Phil, the, 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 the real backup for the New York Rangers, it's been while there. Cause even when Halak was one and eight, he ended up being 500 and better than 500. So, that's Hopefully. the man back there, and it's load management, and that's on that's on the coaching and the goalie coach to figure that out together. All right, Phil. So now looking at the fourth line, because the on free agent day, the one thing I said is that the Rangers need to focus on their depth, sign depth players, and the Rangers did that. So go into what you see this fourth line potentially being. And no, sorry, everybody, Tyler Mott isn't coming back. He just signed with Tampa, so that's not even happening. Um, I would imagine it looks something like Gaudreau, Bonino, and then one of Belzeal and Pritlick. And I, I like Alex Belzeal. He he's not exactly small; his average size it's six foot, around about two hundred pounds, give or take. And in thirty-one games last year, he had six goals and fourteen points while averaging only 12 minutes per game. And he wasn't really getting power play time or anything like that. This is a guy that actually scored pretty well at the minor league level. He's a scorer in the minors. So if they could get something out of Alex Belzeal, they could probably have a decent fourth line with some offensive pop. Because you you could imagine having guys like Benino, who was a former 40-point scorer, and then Goudreau, obviously, 30-point scorer. Those guys do a lot of the hard work and are good defensive players. And then you have a guy like Belzeal who could come in and, and give you goals and points on that fourth line and give them some offensive pop. Or could they go with Tyler Pitlick? Remember, Tyler Pitlick was an established like third-liner in Dallas. Very good player. Very useful bottom-six player. Um, only seven goals and 16 points last year in 50 and uh, 61 games. But I mean, this is a guy who had 14 goals and 27 points in 2018. That, that's, that's like third line numbers right there. So. And I, wait, folks, seven goals, 16 assists. I mean, that's nothing compared to Julian Goche that you hear from Ranger fans talking about how they're upset that he's not on this team. Yeah. I'm, I'm over that. Listen, <laughs> He's got physical tools. He's got some skill, but there's nothing up here. I'm no. sorry. There just isn't enough. And uh, yeah, he looks great driving down the wing and cutting to the net and making the one move that he always makes. But 
how many times out of how many attempts does that actually work? It doesn't happen all the time. And that's where part of the problem is with Julian Goche. That's why he is no longer a New York Ranger. That's why the Carolina Hurricanes moved on. I would actually agree with this one right here. Johnny Johnny Brzezinski could be a dark horse for this. There's uh, well, we're going to get into number three right now. Brennan Ottman, and I'm going to throw another name at you right here. Oops, sorry. Uh, Brennan Ottman, his progression. And he, another thing different from him and uh, either Heedle or Kako or Lafreniere, he kind of plays a different style than these guys. So can Ottman make the team? And is there any other players like a Will Cooley that possibly can make this team? Will Cooley could. I mean, he had limited action last year down the stretch with the team. He didn't look bad. Uh, I wouldn't say he looked great either, but, I mean, Will Cooley could be a candidate. Um, Brennan Offman, if he's improved his strength and conditioning and his speed, I mean, he supposedly he came really close to making the team last year out of camp. Mm. And if he went and did that, then, yeah, you know what? maybe Othman really is a dark horse to make this team. And you're looking like someone like Pitlick or Belzeal in the minors. And then someone else gets moved down. Maybe Jimmy BC to a fourth line because he fits a little better in that role. Could, could you have a third line in which it's Brennan Othman, Vinny Trocek, and either Chris Kreider or Blake Wheeler. That'd be pretty fun to watch. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie. I, or, or Filipino, depending on what they want to do with the centers. I would love to see Filipino center number two, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know which way Laviolette's going to go at this point as of yet. So, but yeah, if Brennan Othman can make the team and give the team a shot in the arm, that goes a long way. Chris Kreider, Vinny Trocek, and Blake Wheeler, you say. Uh, has it been really since 2015 that the Rangers have had an All American line? That was JT Miller, Kevin Hayes, and... Oh, I, the one I was thinking of was when JT Miller was up. With, with, with Stefan and Kreider? Stefan yeah. and Kreider, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, it's, been, it's been some time, so uh, it's hard for us to remember all this. Good old American Speak, boys. Yep, and speaking about that American boy, uh, a guy who was a former Atlanta Thrasher, I'll tell you how long he's been in the league, but... <laughs> Blake Wheeler, what do you think? What do you think is reasonable to expect out of him? I it, it depends on usage. It really depends on usage. Where, where is is he on power play one? How many minutes is he getting? What line is he on? Who is he playing with? Uh, I think those are the key things. I I, I don't worry about chemistry uh, with Wheeler because I, I think Wheeler's the type of player that can come in and can play various different styles of the game. You want him to play off the rush. I think he could play off the rush, especially with some guys that may have a little more speed than him. Um, you want him to play physical down low board battles, cycles, you know, get to the dirty areas. Like Wheeler can do that. You want to play skill game where, you know, you can take shots from afar. Does he want to be the setup guy? Blake Wheeler can do that. I, I think he can do a, a bunch of different things. I think he can play, with several different lines, I'm really curious to see who he who he ends up with. But I I think if if everything goes right for him, depending on the usage, 
I wouldn't be shocked if he, he hit 60 plus points. It's it's interesting because it, I think if ice time goes to Kaka and Lafreniere, and we're going to get into that in the next one. The uh, again, ESPN's. I don't know what ESPN is thinking. I mean, I would they probably with all these point projections. I think Connor McDavid probably has like ninety five points, which is really bad. But for for Connor. But I mean, this one, Phil. These these point projections. You got to be kidding me with these. So uh, just so friggin' lazy. I mean, uh, uh, we didn't even get a chance to explode on it last week, but I'm gonna save it uh, for another time. I don't know but, if I mean, this is actually a joke or if he actually did them, because I wouldn't be surprised if he did them. They they, they sound like they would have came from Stephen A. The same thing. I don't even want to repeat his comment about the puck. And whatever. Oh, no, no, we won't get into that. We're, we're already outraged yeah. about that. But I can only imagine him being an analyst. You know, everyone, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable to hockey. And I just think that uh, I think that Chris Crowder is only going to get 35 points this year. That's all I think about. It. That's it. You're like, uh, uh, have you watched the game? He had 30 goals last year. Oh, no, I could, I could go on. You know, if you ask me, LeBron James. Can play, and I'm, because he's he's like, I uh, I I can tell you how I mix that impression in, but that's about it. And the last one, of course, because if Wheeler it plays a little bit less, let's say Wheeler plays a little bit less, gets fifty points. But if you're telling me you get fifty points out of Kako and Lafreniere, is that going into what number one is going to suggest? Because these are the guys, their usage really is important. If you get 50 apiece out of Kako, Lafreniere, and Wheeler, your depth is probably really, really good. Like And this, by that extension, also Heedle. Yeah, and Heedle's probably going to be in the 50-point range at that point, too. So this team looks more like the 1992 Rangers with their offense at that point, if, if that's what we're getting. Because th- that's the vibe that you feel like you could get from this team. This team, if everything goes right, they could have that offense where they have that star center that's going to get them 85 to 95 points. You got that star winger in Panarin that gets you 90-plus points like Gartner did. And then you got the young guys like your Turcots, your Nemchinovs, your, you know, your, your, your weights. Tony Monty. And and Amati, really, yeah, with the guy who almost scored 70 points as a rookie, I should say. Um, You know, that's really what you're looking at. You're looking at that type of production from Kako Lafreniere and and then Wheeler, the older guy, the, I mean, uh, the John Agrodnik of the group, if you will. Um, But that's that's what you want. You want want that type of depth from those lines, lines, you know, one, two, and three to give you that type of, you know, bolster of offense. So that that's why I think I, I would personally take 50 points from those two if it meant Wheeler getting less points. Yeah, because I, I always use this expression, if you're going to add points, it's good, they got to come from somewhere. And usually I'm talking about that with teams. You can always get more scoring. That's, that's one thing. But I think on top of what you're saying – I want to know what power play is going to look like. Yeah. Now, I was going to say a unit. I was going to say number one. And then I just stopped and said the power play, because if 
you have them trying to do 90 seconds on power play one. It doesn't matter who's on power play two. You're going to have to evenly distribute this power play. And then you could worry about if you're playing one guy on one or one guy uh, like Kako on a power play one, Wheeler on power play two. If you if it's going to be in the 90-second power play, doesn't matter. You might as well just leave him out there the two minutes. So that's what I've always said about that. Well, yeah, I mean, the configurations got all messed up towards the end of last year with the addition of Patrick Kane. So, you know, now you have played Wheeler. But, Kim, for the love of God, for my – I mean, hockey gods, Peter Laviolette, please hear my prayer. Get Jacob Truba the fuck off the power play. Yeah, I gotta agree with that one hundred percent. It's it's time to um, it's time to just hand those keys over to Keandre Miller. Please, yeah, please end that experiment. Put Keandre Miller there. Jacob Truba cannot walk the line on the power play. His shot, while it's a cannon, barely ever hits the net. Get Miller and get get the wrist shot on net there. Gustafson would be the other option. That they brought him in for that reason, likely. So yeah. likely he's gonna be on power play too. But I would love to see Keandre Miller on power play too, if they're not gonna, you know, because he's not gonna make power play one. That's fine. I have I have no qualms about that. That that's gonna be four forwards and Adam Fox, just as it's been for the last however many years. I would love to see a point tandem of Gustafson and Miller. Uh, on power play too, because I think that could really work. And it's just such a rarity to see two defensemen on the power play now that that's why, again, Pittsburgh Penguins, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. And that's one reason why Nils Lundqvist was expendable because they they don't need the two point men on the power play anymore. Those, those days, those, those are almost the way the Dodo filk. Um, no, he was not, by the way. No, he wasn't. It was Truba. I think he was at times, but not. Yeah, very rarely did they ever put him on there. Like, but the majority of the season was Truba. And um, we've talked about this at nauseum. That Jacob Truba contract. That's the his role from the from the day he signed that contract to now. To borrow a song from Phil's shirt, it's like fade to black. That is exactly the way. That that contract was. You're like, oh, it's awesome. The the, the song's much better, by the it, way. It, it's it's funny because the the line that I'm thinking of right now from that song is, "No one but me can save myself, but it's too late." And Jacob Trouba is the only guy that can save himself from being moved as a cap casualty. But he needs to start playing like an eight million dollar defender. Will he ever be used like an eight million dollar defender? No. But you come in, you improve your skating, which. I mean, it can happen. We've seen it. Brian Boyle says hello. Brian Boyle can improve his skating and become an NHL skater. Jacob Truba can get his ass to some power skating lessons and improve his damn skating. Jacob Truba needs to play like an $8 million defensive defenseman then if that's going to be the case because he's not going to get power play time. And 100% right. Brian Boyle says hello. You know who else says hello? John Tavares. He got got power skating lessons too as the number one overall draft pick, Alexei. So... You gotta he's gotta improve his, his skating too. So hopefully he did. Hopefully he's take because I'll tell you what, I want to see fire out Alexei Lafreniere. 
I want to see him asking to be – I know that Gallant put him and Kako on PK last year in the preseason and used them a little bit in the regular season. I want to see those guys demanding to get on the ice any way you can. And you do it if either with your play or you do it by sucking up and saying, I'm going to take another role because that's one thing you're going to have to do. Poppy, thank you very much. Thank, thank you very much. much. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I love seeing the uh, the Mets play the Rangers goal song uh, last night for uh, – for, uh, Yeah, they did so with Mauricio the run. devil song too. From well, it was hockey night. Yeah, it was, it was hockey, hockey night. Yeah, uh, I just wanted to comment on this picture here. I love this because Sergeant Slaughter's the man. So awesome <laughs> picture, Mister Fantastic. I am jealous that you got to meet Sergeant Slaughter. And uh, Mister Fantastic, I have just watched recaps of Ahsoka. I have not really uh, jumped into it. I've got to watch that too. Now that you say that, geez, yeah, I got to. Yeah, I keep telling him how much it sucks, so I got to actually see if it sucks myself. I got a show for everybody here because I know they're definitely wrestling fans in the chat. If you're not watching Heels on Stars, go ahead and do so because Heels is an awesome show. Uh, there have been cameos from CM Punk, who has a actual a regular recurring role in the show. Um, AJ AJ Mendez, his wife, AJ Lee, uh, she had a cameo for a couple episodes. Uh, Serena Deeb was in there for an episode. Um, Luke Gallows at one point was uh, – he has a cameo. But yeah, there heels is definitely a show that you wrestling fans all need to be watching. It's amazing. I freaking love it. I'm hooked. Now, uh, so far, by the way, in our poll, uh, we asked you guys what is the number one thing you want to see in the preseason. Forty three percent saying Kako and Lafreniere playing more. Twenty six percent on Ottman making the team. Twenty two percent on Blake Wheeler's role, and nine percent on Jonathan Quick looking solid. Now. Are there any like outskirts that you were thinking with that that's that is crossing your mind on this, folk? Outskirts in what that didn't uh, make to your top five list? Uh, honorable mentions. Excuse me. Did not really. I mean, because line combinations usually is something that we would all line talk combinations. About. Yeah, I mean that that that's just another that's another thing that's fairly obvious that everybody worries about. Um, exactly. I mean, uh, is there any chance that you might be able to see a guy like Matthew Robertson come up and snatch a defensive spot? I I don't think so. I, I just think he's I think he's behind. He's going to have to blow the doors off the team in camp. I mean, Keandre Miller's progression defensively is actually a good one. Um, not just defensively, but consistency. Because I tell you right now, I watched Keandre Miller highlights on YouTube. Um, I forget what channel it was. Um, but Miller's defensive uh plays were like his, his top defensive plays was a, a clip that I was watching and you just go back and you watch the clips and you can just see how well he controls the gap when he's on he is lights friggin' out like he's locked down but like he's just a 
he's just so inconsistent in his age. And I get it. Like he's still learning the pro game and still kind of learning the position a bit, but yeah, I mean, yes. And this is a part of it too. Every Keandre highlight is him covering for Truba. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't tell you how many times I, in that, in that uh, video, Matt, that I watched that he's literally sitting there covering for Truba's mistakes, Truba getting caught in a pinch. But there are times where Keandre steps up and makes poor pinches himself. But then, and then it, uh, thank you again, Poppy. We thank we you again, Poppy. That um, there were times where he gets back on his own gaffes and he makes some plays where you're just like, wow, like he made that recovery. And then he he he'll like he'll close off the gaps. And then there are clips where he's he's throwing guys like Kucherov around. And you're just yeah. like, whoa, like, what? okay, like, this is what this guy can do when everything comes together. So, like, you understand why this team and why fans are as high on him as they are. And I'm pretty high on him, too. I, I just think that he needs the right coach to just unlock that. And I want to see him get angry more often. Like, I I, I want I want to be Patches O'Houlihan to what's his name in friggin' dodgeball. You got to. You gotta be angry. You gotta <laughs> open it to submission, and and just and just tell him that because like, and then have the have the wife you know put the L for loser at him. <laughs> this way he gets angry and he goes out and starts throwing people around and then starts making these defensive plays and using his body more because when he does that, he's incredible. But when he's you know in La La Land, you're like, what is this guy doing? Now, one question, because I'm going to throw three duos at you. Um, do they stay? Do you stay? To, do you keep them together or do you split them up? And I'll throw the three duos. We'll start with the obvious one. Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. Could go either way. I mean, I, I, I think it could be beneficial to break them up. Just because I, I wonder, Chris Kreider at five on five to me is not a, a, an amazing player. I, I want to see what those two kids can do with Mika. All right. Uh, we'll go with Vinny Trocek and Artemi Panarin. Split. Okay. And then the last one, of course, is going to be Truba and Miller. I want to say split, but can they really afford to do it? Like, that, that's the issue to me. They're not – for whatever reason, it needs to be split. Mm -hmm. But they won't pull the trigger on Braden Schneider there on that pairing with Keandre. Even though Braden Schneider, to me, is better at this point than Truba. Yeah. And someone else that said and predicted in two years he's going to take my job, Jacob Truba. So that's something that needs to happen. I want to um, go back to this one real quick. Okay. What's Pitlick giving us? If Pitlick makes this roster, I can see between 10 to 15 goals and 25 or so points, 20 to 25 points, if he's on the fourth line. He gives you a body. He's not overly physical, but he's not afraid to go to the dirty areas. Like He's not Milan Lucic or Eric Lindros in his prime, but he does work. He's a hard worker. He plays honest hockey. He's a good, useful bottom six player, fourth liner at this point with some size. So. And don't forget, uh, Riley Nash, the Rangers signed? Yes. Yeah. And he I think he's on a one-way deal this year and a two-way deal next year. Yeah. 
which is a little bit odd, but yeah. that he was a serviceable third, fourth line forward uh, with Carolina and some other places. I think the last place he played was Boston. But... Uh, yeah, I think it was Boston. <laughs> yeah. Well, Court Ranger Central has asked us a couple of good questions. Will the power play be more creative? Will Schneider prove more? And can Lava Riley Lash Riley Nash was last with Arizona in 2022, but he his big year was in Boston in 2018, where he had 15 goals and 41 points. Yeah. So I mean, there's look, there's there's a lot of questions this team is gonna have to answer. Uh and Francesca is saying this one, uh, gas by kids, acceptable. Gas by vets. That's not been the story of the Rangers coaching for the last, jeez, uh, I want to say about 10 years. Going back to Vigneault's first season. Yeah. And and look, you could, you could deal with a gaffe if it's a kid. I think a friend of mine used to say, I, don't, I won't punish you for physical errors. I'll punish you for mental errors. And if there's just moments of what the hell were you thinking, then like you're not going to get on Stuart Skinner for breaking his stick. And then somebody, uh, I think it was in the playoffs, it was LA, uh, Vegas, I yeah. think it was, guy goes in and scores because of that. I'm not going to kill him on that. I'll kill him on holding on to the puck too long with the guy in front of him. And also, I hate that play to begin with, but still. Oh, by the way, Mr. Fantastic, great job with these because you said, uh, well, it was split for Zabanajad and Kreider, split for Panarin, and uh, keep Truba as well. Um, Philk, let's go to another topic that's really kind of dominating the NHL because uh, the last two days, it's a little bit amazing. You saw it. I have it in the in the graphics. You already saw it. But um, before we take some more questions, uh, let's get a message from DraftKings. And Hockey fans like the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. All right, Felk, because on Twitter yesterday, there was a little bit of a, I don't even know what to call this story, and how the JD-run organization has gotten into it. Spitting Chicklets alleges that the Columbus Blue Jackets head coach, Mike Babcock, is taking players' phones and displaying pictures. Since then... It's been a lot of back and forth on this. What do you make out of this so far? Oh, both Mike Babcock and Boone Jenner came out and basically kind of just like debunked all of this. 
and it, it, it and I, I'd have to pull it up to 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 show you really like to show what was said, but they they made an official statement about this, and this is not the way that um, that <laughs> spitting chicklets has has described this as uh, trying to find the statement right now. I apologize. Yeah. Take your time. I kind of, I kind of threw this one okay. out to you. So here, here's the statement from Mike Babcock and Boone Jenner. Mike Babcock says, while meeting with our players and staff, I asked them to share uh, off their phones, family pictures as part of the process of getting to know them better. There was absolutely nothing more to it than that. The way this was portrayed on the Spit and Chicklets podcast was a gross misrepresentation of those meetings and extremely offensive. These meetings have been very important and beneficial, not only for me, but for our players and staff as well. And to have them depicted like this is irresponsible and completely inaccurate. Okay. Um, yeah, Spit and Nonsense is definitely the case right now. Oh, by uh, the way, Phil, gotta, we got to compliment that avatar too. Yeah. Uh, not only that it's a link from Link to the Past, but... With the Master Sword too, yeah. And also, he's he's got Ravio for the name. If you did, you play Link Between Worlds. Yeah, uh, I know there's Ravio's mask in there, uh, in somewhere. So yeah, Ra but Ravio, because the way they did it was uh, they had high roll and low roll, and yeah, the Zelda I, was I power hungry. That one though. Yeah, but Ravio was actually a coward. He was the the Link. That was in low rule, and he was a coward. That's no. why he had to go find. No, the other I, link. I know what he is. I just, like I said, I haven't really played it. So okay. So, but getting further into this, because uh, as Pete's saying, the issue is that there's a mole inside Columbus Blue Jackets organization. Somebody must have told Biz, or even maybe the players, and and Biz is saying this too. And to be honest with you, I'm not taking any sides on this. It, it's one of those things because I do believe that he heard this had a pretty good source and was saying this was it blown out of proportion. Sure. But that's a good chance. I'm not going to be apologist for, yeah, I'm going to wait I, and see further information. I mean, and Boone Jenner, Boone Jenner's words were while meeting with Babs, he asked me about my family and where I'm from, my upcoming wedding and hockey related stuff. He then asked if I had pictures of my family. I was happy to share some with him. He showed me pictures of his family. I thought it was a great first meeting and a good way for us to start to build a relationship to have this blown out of proportion is truly disappointing i don't think boone jenner would have came out and said all of that to cover up something I, and a cover I, for a coach who's never coached him one game yet yeah why why i i i i don't see it i i really don't i i, I think this was definitely blown out of proportion i I, to me, I, I wouldn't. I, I don't like it. I don't. And I don't. in the day and age we live in, it's it's very easy to misrepresent some information or to try to get that sensational story out. I do have this concern because let's say, for instance, it is exactly what we were just saying, Phil. It's all nonsense. This net is the TNT analysis. That could cause some problems, but I think it would wash over for him because Bisnet's actually pretty popular. Uh, I, you know, it's just that that's a that's a big gamble to make. I think if you're doing this, so 
And as Ranger Central is saying right here, I believe the story, the only players that have spoke out about it are the captain and the star player. I yeah, I don't know where you're getting that last part about usually targeting the rookies and depth players from because the word that came out of Toronto was that he's targeted some of the star players. So I, I don't know where that's coming from. Well, uh, and that's what goes into what John's saying right here. There's a faction of current and ex-players who want to see Babcock fail, yeah. which is weird to me because this was a guy that was a well-regarded coach for so long. Are, are the players just that twisted over him? I don't know. I, I, I listen, I, I don't know everything that happened. I'm not going to pretend to know everything that happened, but when I, I, I do feel like when something happens, when you can pile on somebody, people tend to pile on somebody. And I, I feel like that's part of what's happening here. Um, yeah. And this right here, Babcock was the guy who benched Mike Madonna to prevent him from playing in 1500 games. Just look at that. You're, you're not, that's not just a star player. That's a fucking legend. Mm-hmm. It's a legend, you know, and he has bad history with Mitch Marner. You know, that that's another thing. I mean, this is, this is not somebody who targets certain types of players. I, what, I mean, I feel like this could be an instance of, you know, a guy who has a little bit of an old school approach going a little too overboard and, you know, People who he's probably wrong in the past may have said something. I don't know. Uh, listen, I'm not sticking up for Babcock. I have no horse in this race. Whatsoever. Yeah, neither do I. But I, I just, for me, for Boone Jenner to come out and say something like that, what incentive is there for Boone Jenner to cover up for him? There isn't much. There, there isn't much, especially the, a brand new coach. They haven't even gotten to training camp yet. They might have some meetings. Not only, not only that, but especially after everything that happened with the Blackhawks scandal. Mm-hmm. You, you do – I mean, it, Boone Jenner has to know that there's no benefit to – and the Columbus organization on top of that, their front yeah. office, their hierarchy, has to know that there's no incentive to covering this up and then just – and then there, there's nothing invested in Babcock. And there is, and the Columbus organization, led by JD now again, who he went through a similar situation when he was with the Rangers. That there was the uh, the uh, the post that nonsense blog about uh, Tony D'Angelo stealing Keandre Miller's. Yeah, first I was goal. just gonna reference that too. And, and you know what? Like we we've seen stories like this get blown out of proportion. I mean, like I said, when when someone is disliked, sometimes these t- things tend to happen, and that's what it just seems like. I, I, I'm, I, I don't know for sure, but it, me too. That's the vibe that I'm getting from this. And I think it's also one of those stories that you like. If if you're reporting it, you're like, please let this be true. Please let this be true. But. Yeah. You don't know. You, you don't know. And by the way, if you're Babcock, what's the advantage of taking the guy's phone and showing it to, to the rest of the team? I don't think he was even doing that. I think it, what they're accusing him of is do, doing, uh, you know, 
taking a look at the phone and going through everybody's private information. That's what they're accusing him of. Yeah, well, I mean, if that's the case, that's that's just, you, you could just say no. You can be the player, just say no. You're yeah. well within your right. He can't yeah. legally do that. He can't legally do that. Yeah, I, I, to me, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, maybe it's just looking at family pictures or seeing something else, and it could just be that. Because if I'm the player and I got some incriminating stuff on there, I'm not showing, or not even incriminating. Let's go. Uh, uh, let's just say uh, not the something I want to show people in public. Then I'm. I'm not having it on there. And by the way, as we learned anyway, you should try to keep that stuff off your phone anyway, because as, uh, as David just said, it gets on the internet anyway. Yeah. People hack phones and, and, and post stuff all over the internet. And, and uh, you know, it doesn't pay to have your person. It doesn't pay to have your phone like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I'm not going to bash spitting chiclets. I met Bissonette. Guy was a great guy when I met him. Um, but it's that, that, that's, I, I hope he wasn't talking off the cuff and that it's going to be a problem down the road. So but we're going to see about that one. Uh, we'll, we'll take some more questions, guys. We're actually doing a shorter show today. That's yeah. why we're not doing bar talk. Um, we're going to try to focus on trying to consolidate down more shows as well. Cause we, 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 we love it that you guys tune in. But we also know people are going to look over and go, oh, it's two hours. I'm not watching all that. So. By the way, Philk, what's your favorite song in Ride the Lightning? Or give me like a top five right away. For Whom the Bell Tolls, Creeping Ooh. Death, Ride the Lightning, Fade to Black. And I would probably say f- I'm, I'm stuck between Fight Fire or Fire and Trapped Under Ice. So, uh, did you already say Call of Cthulhu? Call of Cthulhu? No, I did not say that, but it's an instrumental. I, I, I only the only song I have behind Call of Cthulhu since it's an instrumental is Escape. I, I just thought Escape sounded like a filler song. I, uh, I love Escape though. It's not uh, a bad song, but it sounds like a filler song to me. Uh, better Metallica album: Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, or uh, Injustice for All. I've already answered this question several times over. Everybody knows my favorite album is Master of Puppets. Which is funny because I'll tell you, I'll tell you my favorite song of Master of Puppets isn't Master of Puppets. And I'll say it's probably like one of the top 50 rock songs of all time. But uh, I would say probably it, it, oh, rock. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say metal. That That's, that's a top like 10 metal song of all time. Rock. Yeah, probably somewhere in the top 50. Rock. I mean, well, for me, my favorite song on that album is Disposable Heroes. I, I die with Disposable Heroes. That's, I, I love that song. Probably not in the top five for me on that album. Really? All right. Uh, Well, because you got Battery, you got Damage. Master of Puppets, Sanitarium, um, The Thing That Should Not Be. Underrated song. And I would say probably Leper Messiah. And Leper Messiah is just... Another, that's another one that's that's there. See, Matt, I was hoping you were going to say that because I don't put the Black Album as high as other people. Yeah, I I think it's one of their better written albums, but I think the instrumentals are not nearly as good. Yeah, and that was where Bobby Rock really started influencing them a little bit more. They became yeah. a little bit more mainstream. And, but and that, being, metal. 
And by the way, Phil, that being said, I think Load is actually an underrated album now because uh, it, it's got some good songs on there. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not it's nowhere near the other the, the, the first five albums. Never mind. First four. Yeah, I did not expect them to play Orion on uh, I believe it was night one that they played it. And I was just like, OK, like this is great. Like when they started playing Orion and I, I started jamming out and the fucking some of the people uh, that were close to us um, in my section were like, wow, this kid's going ham for fucking Orion. I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, I, I like, I like hearing, you know, good stuff like that. Oh, we got Anthony in the car now. We got, we got Anthony back. Poppy, by the way, we're yeah. going to answer that question in a moment. Yeah. I got, uh, I got a, <clears throat> I got a couple of minutes before I uh, go in for open school night. So uh, I figured, well, I wait, talk some, talk some hockey. Um, I, I heard you guys talking about, uh, the whole Babcock thing before I got on. Um, I don't know if it was brought up, but, uh, Johnny Gaudreau spoke out too. And he said that he was actually really disappointed that it got blown out of proportion and that, you know, he basically said that, um, Mike Babcock was just trying to get to know him and he had no, he had no issues with what went on at all. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I mean, if if Gaudreau's going to come out and say something, he's a guy that just arrived with this team last year, and Babcock just arrived this year. Where's the incentive for Gaudreau and Jenner to cover this up? That's There's none. I'm, yeah, yeah. I don't really see that, that mean, when you answer that question with a valid question, I'll I'll consider looking further into this. But for me, I, I think this is completely blown out of proportion. I think maybe someone doesn't want to see Mike Babcock succeed. Um, that's the vibe that I'm getting. I, again, I'm not 100% positive that that's the case, just because there could be some truth to this. I'm not going to rule that out. But it sounds like the more and more that these guys come out and they're publicly refuting this and as vehemently as they are, to me, it sounds like this has been blown out of proportion. This is some sort of sensationalist reporting. Yeah, it's. I agree with that. Like I said to you before, Anthony, it's one of those things that I, I think I, I think that's one of those things that they're going, hey, uh, please let this be true. And it's just that it's not. It's just, sorry, it, it's blown out of proportion. And even if it is true, what is it really? What's the good out of it if it's true? Then we're gonna find out that you think Babcock's looking at everybody's solicitous picks? No, no, of course not. And uh, Phil gave his five questions for the Rangers in the preseason. Uh, mm -hmm. They were, what is what's Quick gonna look like? Who makes the fourth line? Brendan Ottman's progression, uh, Blake Wheeler, and of course the usage of Kako and Lafreniere are number one. If you had mm -hmm. to pick one of those questions, which would you look at? It's it's the Lafreniere and Kako one without without any doubt for me. Um, you know you, you know what you're going to get from Panarin in the in the regular season. You know what you're going to get from Zibanejad. Um, you know Fox. You know Kreider. You know they're they're all going to be your top producers. You know also Trocheck to an extent as well. Um, so if, if Lafreniere and Kako really break out. And their usage, they're used to get more minutes, power play time, et cetera, you know, and they really blossom, you know, then this Ranger team can become really dangerous. Uh, so I, I think that's really, 
I think that's really the key for the Rangers in in like being a team that can actually go all the distance and win the cup next year. Because those two guys kind of joining the fray and pulling their weight um, will make the Rangers a much more deeper and dangerous team. So for me, I, I mean, I think that's that that's the you know the most important one of these questions. Phil, what's your thoughts on that one? That's why I had it at one. I mean, the, their production is integral to the success of the team. Not just, you know, and, and not just for the current team, but for the team's future as well. Future, yeah. Also, this team has lacked right-wing depth for a very long time. And I, I think I mentioned it either two weeks ago or maybe before that. I, I know I mentioned it recently. The last time this team had sufficient right-wing depth was when – 2019, when Zuccarello and Butchnevich were both playing, and Butchnevich was starting to break out a bit, and Zuccarello was having a big year with Zibanejad and Kreider in that second half of the season before he was dealt to Dallas. This team has lacked, truly lacked, right-wing depth sets. Capo Caco was supposed to come in and help fix that problem. He's starting to look like he could. Mm-hmm. If he comes in and you bring in him and Blake Wheeler – and this team's depth is fixed, or does Alexi Lafreniere go over to the right side, and now all of a sudden he's playing right wing? You know, he turns into a top six right winger. You know, then then you then you've addressed two issues with the development of the two young kids and your right wing production. I think that that Alexi Lafreniere is probably the most prototypical, like Peter Laviolette guy that he's just going to grab a hold of and fit right into his system. And you certainly hope that's going to be the case. You've seen it with Eric Cole. You've seen it with Victor Arvidsson. To a lesser extent, you saw it with Sean Bates, who was an absolute nothing. And then LaViolette comes around, and he's putting up 40 points in a non- uh, in defensive era. So I think that's where you got to look at some of these and just – uh. Wonder what what it's going to be. I was just scrolling through some of the comments I missed, and I saw this. And I, I mean, I don't I don't think this is I don't think this is happening. Um, and I, I not with was, the current uh, contracts. In in the case in the case of Othman, all right, he makes a team. Who who's sitting for him? Where where is he going to play? Yeah, you could you could sit someone like you know I don't know uh, a fourth liner in place of him. What was that going to do? And as an Islander fan, I could tell you a tale of caution there. The Islanders. Rushed Nino Niederreiter. They played him on the fourth line with Jay Pandolfo and Marty Reasoner. They stunted his growth. You saw what happened. He got pissed, got traded, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Othman, for Othman to make the team, he's got to play in the top six. And who, who's who's not going to play in the top six for that to happen? Um, I don't I don't see that. I don't see that happening. I think him making the team just to play on the fourth line would be uh, miscast and, and can hurt him. Um I don't. Yeah. So I don't. I don't see that happening at all. Coley a little bit, may, maybe, because he plays a different a different style of a game, and it really wouldn't be a bad thing if he played in the bottom six in a fourth line role. But I, I see no shot Brennan Othman makes the team because where is he playing? Where is he going to play? I don't know. I, I, I think you know what he almost made the team out of camp in preseason, and I I, I don't think they're going to be adverse to having someone like Brennan Othman in their bottom six. I, I, I think the the problems is, is not just 
ice time. I think it's also development, and I think it's consistency. I, I, if you ask me, and this is just my opinion, I'm going on nothing but speculation. I gotta hop off. Sorry, guys. What's that? Anthony, I gotta, it's, it's 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 time to go in the classroom and meet the teacher. All right, <laughs> on, Anth. Um, I am gonna just say this. I and this is my own personal belief. Nothing more. I have no sources. Nothing to to back this up. I think Brennan Othman has a better work ethic than Alexi Lafreniere. Yep. And I think that's going to be the difference between someone like him playing in a bottom six role and someone like uh, Alexi Lafreniere playing in a bottom six role. So for, for me, Brennan Othman comes in this offseason. He puts on 10 pounds of muscle. He's constantly worked with skating coaches over the last few years since he's been drafted. Every offseason, he's been working with skating coaches. And to me, that shows the desire to improve and to be the very best player that he can be. I don't know about Lafreniere's offseasons. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know. I, he, you know what? We only see what they broadcast. Just remember that. When you're saying things like this, just remember you only see what they broadcast or mm-hmm. what you hear from a writer. So do, let's not say that he's not doing anything. That's why I'm saying I, I don't know. We have to see what Lafreniere comes in. But, you know, yeah, but you're saying that's all we see, but we don't have access to what they're doing behind the scenes. We, we don't, we don't see this. We don't, we don't see everything. And like, and people talking about locker rooms. We we don't see what happens in a locker room. We don't. Mm-hmm. We can only go by what ends up happening on the ice and then what we hear otherwise. So, but I, I will say this. Everything that I've gotten from Othman and from what I've heard even from people like Steven who have relationships with Othman's family and that talk to them and stuff like that. I hear a lot of good things. So I, I, I am excited for Othman, and as part of why I do think that he could thrive in a world where he works himself up from the bottom and gets to the top. Now, to go further with your point, on the opposite side of that, we have not heard anything bad about Alexei Lafreniere. No, we haven't. Everyone has said he's been a team player. Everyone has said all these things. But look, you're a number one overall draft pick, and you're a New York Ranger. You're, you're an original six team. I doubt he's going in and going, well, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I should be making more money. There's a lot of factors that right now are going to be very motivational for him. And we'll start with his role on this team. Let's see what what's going to happen with him. He knows that he's been considered a little bit of a bust. And the other thing is he can look in Ottawa and see Tim Stutzla is getting paid over $8 million a year right now, and he's not. So that's something that's in there. Now, if Alexei Lafreniere is just a piece on this team, let's say he he progresses, we'll say 50, 55 points this year, just saying hypothetically, not just his first 20-goal season. And he's a component on a team that wins a Stanley Cup. That's going to matter more to Alexei Lafreniere because he knows the money's going to come back to him eventually. 
Sometimes teamwork is just that. You're doing it as a team, and then individual rewards come right after that. Kako needs it because his contract is up now. It already has aged well, Pete. It already has. He had over 90 points this year. Oh, God. Uh, by the way, my, my, other, my other comment on that would be, which $8 million contract in Ottawa? Because I'm pretty sure Shane Pinto is right now thinking, hey, 29 goals a couple it, years ago. It, uh, it, it says Stutzla, though. I know it's Stutzla, but oh. still. I'm just saying everybody's getting $8 million. They're handing out $8 million contracts like Oprah hands out cars. So, it's it's and yes, Pete, it aged very well, but I just I would I would have to say uh, that that that's a good contract. Do not get me wrong when I'm saying yeah, and, and this, this is what I that's why I said the word contract while you were talking when you first brought that up. It, it's it's that next deal because this is it. This is this is a crossroads in Lafreniere's career. So uh, I, I I think that Lafreniere. He has to start taking his offseason seriously. He has to start improving his skating and his conditioning. We want to see him coming in faster. We want to see him coming, uh, just being more physical and consistent and the efforts on a night-to-night basis. Because when Lafreniere is noticeable, he's a really, really, really good player. There is a lot of skill that goes in with that effort and that hard work. And it comes together and it's one hell of a package. He's, he's got some size. He's, he can be physical. We've seen him be physical. This is a guy that could take over a game, I think, when everything works out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just needs a coach that's going to put him in that situation. And 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 a spot where that's going to be there. If you, if he ends up playing on the first line with Mika Zibanejad and they take that USA line, as we said before, and try to use that more as like – because I thought when Jimmy Vesey was on that line last year – Oh, that was a USA line too, Phil. <laughs> but um Oh, Trochek Kreider VC, yeah. Yeah, Trochek Kreider VC, as I said it. Um, er. <laughs> so um Figure when they out. had that line last year, I thought that was a great defensive line. And look, you're gonna have to play matchups in the NHL. That's the reason why teams advance in the playoffs. It's not just roll four lines the entire time. It's the same reason why when you're playing a men's league game, you start thinking to yourself. Can I get away from this guy? I can't do anything against him. And then once you do, you have a great shift, and then you try to carry it on to the next one. A little carry on my wayward son. <laughs> well, or life's oh, for no. my own to live my own way. Speaking of carry on my wayward son, AEW will be on in a half hour. You yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here, Philk. Uh, so I'll, I'll start playing the song to get us out. Like I said, we're gonna try to shorten down some of the shows, guys. It's certainly not because we don't love doing this. It's just we're we, running out of time. Yeah, we 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 also feel like we can give you more and better content in a shorter amount of time. Your attention span on us. Um, I feel like we can also reach out to more people with shorter shows as well. Now, hell, Phil, you remember when we were doing five and a half hour shows? So, well, I, that was something I did like once or twice on my own. Yeah, but then I did a couple with you. Like, like we went a long time on a lot of those. Yeah, we also had a lot of time on our hands at that point. Yeah, that that was a different story too. It's a lot harder when um when uh 
you're uh you're a boyfriend and you're gonna go see your girlfriend and have dinner with her right now hey maria i'm coming home soon and uh i'm in home i'm coming home yeah and there's a lot more that we're going to be breaking as far as this goes and if we do have to split up the schedule a little bit we're going to have more content for you guys that way too so we're we're going to work out everything on our end there's there's so much coverage that we have to do and i always say it to you the best show is always the next show because that's that means we're still covering all this and we're expanding again by the way a quick reminder if you're interested in big apple hockey shirt Click the link below where the at the eBay store where the hats are. Hats are also available still. Uh, I just listed the shirts. Uh, I did not list the large. We have a large shirt that's also available as well. We got some double XLs, and you know if we get uh, popularity up on those, you know we're trying to conquer uh, everywhere. I got a shirt going up to Manitoba for Jeremy, who's been on the show for, with us for a while. So. Uh, Phil, you get the last word. What do you want to say? Just get me to next week so we can get preseason. I agree with you. I could really use some preseason. Especially, you know, uh, I enjoyed football this week, but it's it's not going to be what hockey is. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. We will see you next week with another show and actually uh one on friday we'll be doing about the questions for the new york islanders in the preseason so join us for that one as well talk to you soon take care